0: Hello. This is Ben John Miller, hosting episode six of Leela Radio. Podcast. Leela Radio is an ongoing series of experimental, absurdist, improvised storytelling. In which nonlinear stories are called up from the unconscious and put on display for the eyes of your ears. So here's episode number six called Clay Diddler. If you want to hear more of Leela Radio, you can find it on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or my website, benjohnmiller.com. B E N J O N M I L L E R.com. You can also subscribe on the website or any of those Apple Podcast pages. little boy I was about five years old I lived on a mountain with my father I did not know it at the time but my father was a a clay diddler a clay diddler just as I am today as my grandfather was and as my great-grandfather was clay diddlers all of us What is a clay diddler? You might understand more clearly if I called it bluntly what it really is with no sugarcoating. A clay diddler is a clay fucker. And to tell you more about what a clay fucker really is I gotta take you to the genesis of my clay fucking days. Here we go. Now when I was that little boy living on the mountainside with my pappy, I'd go for long, meandering walks through the woods and streams of that mountainside. All the soil on this mountain was red. If you were walking on the side of that mountain as I was as a boy and you stuck your hand into that deep, inviting red soil, you would find that that soil was not much really a soil at all. That redness. Of the earth was red clay, it was wet and ripe and waiting for you to do with it. What you did not know that you knew that you would do to it, which is, of course, what the story is about. The story is about what I've done to the clay of the earth. The story is about a clay fucker. So when I was five years old and I first reached my hand down into the red clay earth of that mountain, I withdrew a lump of clay. I held it up into the sunlight and watched it become illuminated by the sun. I held on to it and I grabbed another. Lump of the red clay earth, and another, and another, until I was carrying in both my small hands a lump of clay that was approximately the size of a giant's head. And I took that clay home with me, and as I walked into the small wooden cabin in which my father and I dwelt and in which all of our fathers before us had dwelt. I entered the house and my father, he looked at me as I paused in the doorway and then he looked at the clay in my hand and he knew what it was, he knew what was going to happen even though I did not. I took that clay into my room, and I put it on the windowsill. And I filled up a glass of water, sprinkled a few drops over my new head of clay and then set the glass down. And it's there on my windowsill that that lump of clay did remain for many, many years. I would continually sprinkle it and moisten it every morning before school and every night before sleep. I didn't know why, but I felt the need, the compulsion to keep it moist at all times. I had a fear, an irrational fear, as most fears are, but a fear nonetheless that if the clay lost its moisture, My dick would fall off, my two remaining testicles would slowly but surely gobble up the rest of my body with the toothed mouths I did not know they possessed. In order to avoid this loss of penis and whole-body testicle digestion, I made sure to never miss a day of moisturizing my lump of clay. Some years later, I found that my relationship to the clay had changed. It felt as almost as though when I lay on my bed and saw the lump of clay sitting on the windowsill, soaking in the sunlight. It felt as though the presence of the clay self had changed. As though it were staring at me with an eye that I could not see, but which I could feel, penetrating my own eyes. I felt it contacting me, I felt it seducing me, I was afraid of this attraction. You're probably aware that each of us has many voices inside of our heads, and these voices don't always agree with each other sometimes they do sometimes the voices want what's best for us sometimes they want us to know love and joy and laughter freedom their voices in the mind they want to destroy you they want to see you rot wrinkle and wither before the age of 27 they want to see you crying in a gutter while a stranger pisses on your back not in the cool and sexy way that you might request from a trusted lover but in the totally, utterly unsexy way that a stranger does to you when you're crying in the gutter and when I was looking at the lump of clay and feeling the visible fingers of that clay gesture toward me, seducing me into its energetic sphere. One of the voices in my head said, Ben, it ain't normal, it ain't normal to feel like you want to fuck a." which I said, well, of course, I know that. I know I'm not supposed to want to put my body inside of a clay and rub it all around until something pops and I get that goofy, ineffable smile wrapped all around my skull. I know I'm not supposed to want it. But i followed the rules all of my life since I was a fetus. And today is the eve of my 14th birthday. And today I say, fuck it. And that's what I did, I fucked that piece of clay. Though I feel it would be more accurate to say, I made love to that clay, I made love to that piece of earth that it had so generously given itself to me. I made love to it slowly and tenderly, in a way that is very uncommon for an eager and horny young lad to do, but I felt the need to take it slowly. I felt the need to listen to the clay as I was inside of it. And that was the first day in which the relationship between the clay and myself became physical. Many years later, I'm now an aging man. My father and his father and all the fathers before them have passed on. Or at least I should say their bodies have passed on. Though it would seem that their minds and the entities, the aphysical, non physical entities that are their clouds of consciousness, well, this part of each of them lingers and revisits me. I'm still a clay fucker, still a clay lover, still partners, rubbers, and dearly betrothed to. My i still got the same ball of clay I picked up out of the earth as a young boy. I've carried it with me all across this land. In the blue velvet bag I've crafted for it. A funny thing has happened over the years. Never I would make love to the clay lay down next to it afterward in that post-orgasmic daze of hazy thoughts and sensations. It was in those post-coital moments that I would hear whispers. At first they were indiscernible, but every every time I joined myself with the clay, those whispers began came slightly louder. I can make out disparate words. Even more years later, those whispers of the clay turned into clearly discernible messages and voices. There are different voices from the orifice into which I inserted myself in that lump of clay the orifice of the clay would move as though it were the mouth and different voices would speak through this mouth those voices were the voices of my father my father's father in my father's 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 fathers fathers, and fathers, fathers, and fathers, fathers, Still got it. I still, I still got the clay roasting on my windowsill, and I tell you what—some might call it unnatural. Some might not understand it. In fact, most folks probably wouldn't understand it. I don't even quite understand it myself, but I accept it. What do I accept? I accept that the orifice of that clay that I do so lovingly diddle, it speaks to me. And that orifice has told me more than my actual father could ever tell me while he was still in a human body. Perhaps he did not speak to me as a boy because he knew that he was waiting for the day when his body would fade and dissolve and return to the soil and the clay that we have all felt. He was waiting for the day his body would die so that he could... Enter the clay and speak to me through that clay. the end of Leela Radio podcast episode number 6 if you want to hear some more stories from that realm of the collective unconscious check them out Leela Radio on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or my website benjohnmiller.com yeah i appreciate you all listening and i hope you're well and if you're not well if you're feeling a little bit of a little taste of hell well (laughs) well, fuck i hope you find the strength to push through it and i hope you get to learn something from all that pain from all that pain from, from all that, that pain. Because pain can be a teacher. Pain is a teacher. Pain, teacher. pain, pain is, is, a teacher. is a teacher. If, If we only listen to it, it'll tell us the things we ought to know. And those things that we ought to know are the things we didn't know or weren't ready to know. And because we didn't know those things... That's why we got ourselves wrapped up in all of that pain. Okay. See y'all later. Bye-bye.